every side In the darkness is the light Out of the shadows of my life Hello! Welcome everyone to our live script reading of Banshee. This is the So Weird Podcast and we have some special guests with us filling in some roles. Um, again, I'm Kathy. I'm filling in as Banshee. And we have Kat as Fiona. Zach will be our narrator and Jack. Yes, everybody's and favorite So Weird character, the narrator. <laughs> and we also have... Patrick, he's going to be filling in as Grandpa Colin. Uh, Jackie will be Molly. And Emily will be Grandma Kathleen. And we should also just go ahead and mention that this script of Banshee is not the script that was the final script for the episode. It was actually the first script for the episode. So you will notice some changes from the episode that aired. Um, Disney wasn't too happy with some of the stuff in this script, and they asked John Cooksey to change it. So watch out for those little surprises. Yeah, and um, Jackie and Patrick, do you have anything you know to say before we start? <laughs> Glad to have you here. Also, thanks for volunteering. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. We're excited. <laughs> I'm a huge So Weird fan, as you can see, and as you can see, um, and uh, and. Uh, you know, being a performer, I've been kind of deprived of performing experiences for the last year. So when you posted yeah. this, um, like looking for people, I immediately was like, oh, yes, yes, yeah. please. that would be so much fun. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be so much fun. And I can relate Patrick because as a, I'm a performer as well, I've been performing for probably about 15, 20 years, like as since from high school. And like, so it's been a rough year. And, you know, I, again, I saw like, you know, do you want to do a live read? I'm like, heck yes, I do. So yeah. it, it was, it's awesome to join you guys. I have also been a so weird fan since, you know, the beginning. I was telling everybody since Zoog Disney days and uh, the whole website and everything. Um, I had my own fan sites that have disappeared because all of those hosting things have gone away forever and I'm a little mm -hmm. sad about it. But um, yes, my, my inner eighth grader is doing cartwheels right now. Just so happy. <laughs> awesome. No thanks guys again. Yeah, we're excited to have people with acting experience. You all will have to carry us through this because none of us do, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Now, I can't say that I'm going to give you the best 70-year-old Irish man, but uh, <laughs> I believe I in you. I believe in you. <laughs> yeah, so don't expect Irish accents necessarily. Uh, mine isn't any good. So I, I might say have to say some of these lines with a slight Irish accent because that's just the way they're written. But um, I, I want to be respectful <laughs> of uh, the day. It, you know, it is St. Patrick's Day, so. I don't want to do too bad of a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we ready to jump right into this? Let's rock. Yeah, okay. All right. We are reading So Weird Banshee, episode 210, by current revision by John Cooksey and Allie Marie Matheson. We open with lovely stock shots of Ireland. Ever since I found out my mom's family comes from Ireland, I've been fascinated by the place. I even took one of those Irish step dancing classes. Music cue, a jig. Fee is an Irish step dancing costume against an ND background. She's not mm -hmm. doing well. The jig stops. She looks frustrated. 
It made my feet hurt, and I quit after a week. We go back to the lovely stock shots of Ireland. So I started reading about Ireland instead. And the interesting thing is, here's this beautiful place, but as far as I can tell, it has more ghosts per square foot than any place on Earth. And that's not all. Ireland is, like, full of scary creatures. But the scariest of all of them has got to be the Banshee. The word comes from the Celtic for women of the fairies. We now start to see images of banshees, varying from beautiful, pale young women to horrible old hags. Music cue, an, an ilium pipe starts to play plaintively. The wailing of the banshee is supposed to foretell death. The sound has been described as a mix of the cry of an abandoned child, the howl of a wolf, and the screech of a lost soul in torment. Nothing you'd want to hear at 2 a.m., which is usually when they show up. We start to push in on one particularly horrible image. Some legends say that the Banshees only come to foretell the death of those who have royal blood. We switch to home video footage of Molly, Fee, Jack visiting Ireland and push in on Molly pointing happily to a sign on an old shop reading McQuinn Confectionery. But others say that a Banshee can adopt any family of ancient lineage, especially those gifted with music and song. Oh, great. As Molly, Jack, and Fee wave at the camera, we fade out. End of teaser. Fade in. Exterior, ocean, night. A POV shot. We are flying across the ocean, across 50 feet over sea level, at 100 miles per hour. Over the sound of the ocean rises a plaintive wail, a female cry full of sorrow and fear and death and torment, getting louder and more alarming until we smash cut to McQuinn House, Colin and Kathleen's bedroom. The face of Colin, mid-70s, abruptly enters frame in close-up. His eyes are wide, his brow dotted with sweat, as he quietly gasps for breath. We pull back to reveal that he is sitting up in bed in the darkness. He cautiously puts his hands to his chest. We hear the sleepy, Irish-accented voice of his wife, Kathleen. <sighs> Colin? Are you alright, love? Colin takes a deeper breath, painfully, and says as steadily as he can with the same accent. Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. Go back to sleep. As he turns his eyes fearfully toward the night sky outside the window, we cut to McQuinn House, outskirts of Pennsylvania, day. A one-story, modest home in woodsy neighborhood. Molly, Jack, and Fee pull up to the curb in a rental car, obviously having a discussion, which we can't hear. Molly is shaking her head as Fee and Jack talk. They get out, and we hear the middle of their conversation. Mom, are you kidding? It's so exciting. You've got to tell them. We'll see. Mom, it'll be different this time. I hope so, kiddo. Look, I'll do my best. All right, let's go in. They start to get their suitcases out of the truck as we cut to interior McQuinn house a minute later. Kathleen pulls the door open and rushes out to hug her daughter and grandkids like a force of nature. Molly, Fee, and Jack attempt to ad-lib syllables of happy greeting and explanation whenever they can fit them in under... Well, it's about time you arrived. You could have at least had the courtesy to call us from the airport. Oh my, look at this young man. This can't be my wee Jack. Molly, what have you done with him and brought this tall, handsome stranger in his stead? And this one, oh my, send me to the old folks' home. My baby's a grown woman. And you, oh sure, become more beautiful all the time. You don't think it makes your poor old mum jealous then? Well, you've got a lot to learn about human nature. Hi, Mom. Well, don't just be standing outside like a bunch of ninnies. Get yourselves inside. Colin, give us a hand with the bags, love. Grandpa! 
She hugs Colin as he enter frames, and he smiles warmly. Now, now, Fiona, your regular barnacle, give us a chance to breathe. Hello, Jack. Hi, Grandpa. Colin hugs Jack, then sees Molly. Molly? He gives her a pat on the shoulder, then stoops to pick up the bags. No one misses this or Molly's reaction. Let's get these upstairs, shall we? The kids look at Molly, who smiles. Go, go on. I want to talk to Mom for a minute. Yes, let's go inside into the kitchen and start some tea. So you're on a vacation, are you? Just a break, really. Ned and Irene are taking the bus up to New England. Fee and Jack have now gotten the bags in the door, but as soon as Kathleen's out of sight, Colin stops them before they head for the stairs. Hold on now. Don't tell your grandmother, but I've got something for you. He takes some chocolate gold coins out of the pockets of his sweater vest and gives them to the kids. Uh, thanks, Grandpa. But you know we're allowed to have chocolate. Yes, well, I'm not. So let's just keep this hush-hush. Colin and Fee share a warm, conspiratorial moment together, sharing the chocolate. There's a special feeling there. Jack wanders over and plinks on an old upright piano in the corner. What about it, Grandpa? Gonna play us some of your fa old favorites? Sweet Molly Malone? Danny Boy? Oh, now let's not start with that Irish nonsense. I'm an American now, same as you. He makes a show of picking up two large suitcases and starts to head up the stairs. Fee tries to take the bags. We can get those, Grandpa. Now, don't start treating me like an old man just yet, girl. Come along now. Your grandmother's got every dolly in the house set out in your room. Fee grabs a couple of bags and follows them, but watches with concern as Colin strains under the loads he's carrying. Dissolve 2. Interior, McQuinn Kitchen. Day. Kathleen is alone, cooking dinner and making sugar cookies for dessert. Kathleen smiles to herself as she listens to Jack and Colin sparring in a familiar, funny way in the other room. Come on, Grandpa. It won't hurt you to tell one story about Ireland. Enough of that, Jack. You know how I hate that old rock. Now, are you going to sacrifice that bishop or not? Kathleen shakes her head as Fee enters, a little covertly, carrying something in a paper grocery bag. Hi, Grandma. Cooking dinner, huh? Mm-hmm. Fee takes a fingerful of cookie dough and eats it. Good. Tastes good. Kathleen just nods. Fee looks around, then opens the bag and pulls out the Strangeling book. Kathleen seems a little surprised. Does she recognize it? Actually, I came in to ask you about something. That's an unusual book. Or might you have come across it? You know, my dad's little sister Melinda? She had it. She said my dad left it in her attic. Kathleen just nods, opens the book up, leafs through the pages, and arrives at the Strangeling spell, which is marked with a go.com bookmark. She glances up at Fee curiously, then starts to read the spell aloud. Undamental Guji. Abruptly, we start to intercut with a clip of Fee nervously reading the spell in the prop room in Strangeling. Andomen, Salta Sea. In the McQuinn kitchen, Fee tries to interrupt. Uh, Grandma? Tarabetai. In the prop room, the strangeling snarls as Fee approaches. Tarafeta. In the McQuinn kitchen. Taramistare. Suddenly, Fee slaps the book shut. Kathleen looks up in surprise. It's better not to read the whole thing out loud. Why not? Well, when I did it, I kind of... I kind of raised this dragon thing. Kathleen looks at her skeptically, quizzically. Did you now? A dragon thing. Look, you don't have to believe me. The thing I really want to know is, 
What does the last line mean? This is old Gaelic, something about calling a creature from the world beyond, and the last line, in Anam Muntir O'Shannon, that would translate as, in the name of family O'Shannon. Your maiden name. It was the family name. That means it was great-grandma Fiona's name. This book would likely have come from her hands. My mother scared my knickers off many a winter's evening, telling me stories of witches in the O'Shannon line. Some back home said she was one herself. I wonder how your father ended up with it. I've wondered the same thing. As the two women consider each other, we go to the interior living room. Molly comes down the stairs carrying what appears to be a small slab of stone, sees Colin and Jack playing chess. She takes a beat, then goes over to Colin. Dad, I brought you something. I... She holds out the stone, on which is carved Fiaty. Colin takes it and just stares at it. It means welcome in Irish. I know what it means. You put it outside the door. Mom ordered it from Ireland. Thank you, Molly. He sets the stone down on his chair and turns back to Jack. All right, it's your move. And mind your queen, she's in a bit of trouble. Jack looks up at Molly, who stands there for a beat, then walks away. Interior, kitchen. Fee sees Molly coming, shoves the strangling book back in her bag. Well, I gotta go check my email. Hi, Mom. Fee exits as Molly enters. Molly is looking over her shoulder to see if Colin is watching her go into the kitchen and doesn't seem to notice Fee. Well, all my girls are coming to see me today. Molly sighs and sits down, ste stealing a fingerful of the dough that Kathleen is making. Kathleen waits for Molly, who just chews. So, how's the music going? Are you happy? I got a record deal. A record deal? <laughs> Isn't that typical? The most amazing things happen, and you end up mumbling them around a mouthful of cookie dough. This is wonderful! Did you tell your father? I was going to, but I gave him this welcome sign I bought him, and he just... He just stared at it, and then he put it on the floor, and I felt like when I was six, and I spent all day making him that birthday cake in my easy-bake oven, remember? And he put the cake on the table, and he went back to what he was doing. He didn't take a bite. Not one bite. You know, Molly, it's hard for Colin to show what he feels. Why do I do it, Mama? Why do I come here bearing gifts every time, hoping to please him? I even wrote him a song. He'd probably like it better if I just mailed the kids to you guys four times a year and didn't come at all. Molly starts to tear up, and Kathleen comes over and puts her arm around her. Cut to interior McQuinn guest bedroom. Covered with family pictures, including some of the pictures of Molly and Rebecca at 13. Photos of Molly and the kids, with and without Rick. Photos of Molly and the kids from with Colin and Kathleen. And a couple of a mid-30s priest who looks something like Molly, Molly's brother Sean. With Molly, Kathleen, and Colin. Fee is in her jammies, closing up her laptop, when Jack enters, dressed in t-shirts and sweatpants. Jack sits on the bed. Well, Mom's present went over like a lead balloon. They didn't even look at each other during dinner. I wish they could just talk, or I don't know. I'm just worried she's going to stop trying one of these days, to get through to him, you know? I wish I could do something. Yeah, well, good night. Night. He exits. Fee thinks for a beat and turns out the light. Dissolve to interior McQuinn guest bedroom, night. The bedside clock reads 2 a.m. We hear the faint moaning, wail off screen. A beat, then Fee stares, looking around sleepily. She tries to go back to sleep, but something about the sound bothers her. She gets up.
Cut to interior, McQuinn hallway, night. She walks slowly, fearfully, down the dark hallway towards her grandparents' bedroom door. The wail is getting slowly louder. Fee's breathing gets shallow as she puts her ear to the door. It's coming from inside. She takes hold of the knob and gently pushes the door open to see, cut to, interior, Kathleen and Colin's bedroom. Continuous. Fiona's POV, the ghostly figure of a banshee hovering over Colin, moaning softly as she reaches towards his sleeping face. The banshee might be beautiful if she weren't so horribly thin and gaunt, stark white and wreathed in shreds of torn white linen. She is semi-translucent, and we'll see here and later that her lips don't quite move in sync with her speech. Just before the banshee touches Colin's face, camera whips around to include Fiona in the doorway. Grandpa! The banshee looks up at her with a hiss, then dissolves out through the wall of the room as Kathleen and Colin abruptly sit up in the bed, afraid. What is it? What's wrong? Fiona, what? What? Fee runs to Colin and throws her arms around him, holding him tight as he gasps for breath, as Molly and Jack run in. What happened, Fiona? What did you see? Did you see something? As Fee and Kathleen look at each other, we fade out. Exterior woods, day. Colin, Kathleen, Molly, Jack, and Fee are taking a hike down a well-worn path. Kathleen is holding tight to Colin's arm. Fee is on Colin's other side. Are you feeling okay, Grandpa? I'm fine. Can't I even take my walk without being pestered about my health? Sorry. Kathleen nudges Colin, who grumbles. Fee drops back a bit to join Jack and Molly, who are walking together several paces behind. Molly puts her arm around Fiona. I'm sure he's just tired. Maybe he doesn't like people running into his bedroom in the middle of the night and trying to give him a heart attack. I saw something. A ghost, or... Fee, even if ghosts existed, which they don't, doesn't it break the ghost rules for one to show up suddenly when Grandma and Grandpa have lived in that house for 20 years? Are you saying neither of you guys heard that sound? Kind of like, I don't know, some weird warped baby crying. Kathleen and Colin, up ahead turn a corner in the path and briefly disappear from sight. I thought I heard a dog howling. I'm sure that's all it was. Mom? Molly shrugs, doesn't say whether she heard anything. At this point, they round the corner in the path and see Colin and Kathleen standing before a conical pile of stones in the middle of the path. Colin looks pale. Molly, Fee, and Jack suddenly notice that he's turned very cold. They pull their jackets around them. Angle on Kathleen, looking down at the stones grimly. Cairn. Angle on Fee, overhearing this puzzle. Resume wider angle. Suddenly, Kathleen turns them all around and heads them back down the path. Well, that's enough exercise for one day. Who's up for a bit of tea, then? Kathleen meets Fee's eyes as she passes with Colin. Cut to interior, McQuinn living room, evening. Fee is looking over the chessboard, which still has Jack and Colin's chess game on it. The white knight has fallen. Fee gently sets it upright as Kathleen comes downstairs with a basket of dirty laundry. Fee looks up. How's he doing? He's resting. She starts to exit. I looked up Karn. It's a Celtic grave marker. That's what you think that thing in the woods is, right? Kathleen turns around, looks at Fee thoughtfully. She comes over and sits by Fee, takes her hand. This ring was your dad's. It's part of a set. Mom wears the other one. Did you know they were a gift from my mother? Yeah? We brought her over from Ireland for her 70th birthday. Your mom had only known your dad a few months, but she brought him anyway. 
In the middle of the party, Fiona gave them these rings. No one knew why she brought them, how she'd known. Fee watches Kathleen, a beat then. When I was a girl, a bit younger than you, my mother told me of a banshee that follows the O'Shannons, foretelling their deaths. A banshee? You think that's what I saw? You think that thing is here to tell us that... that Grandpa... Kathleen looks grim and worried. I'm not sure. It's just an old story. But I've been... hearing things. Perhaps it's nothing. Perhaps we're just two silly girls worried about that cranky old man upstairs. Kathleen kisses Fee on the forehead, takes the basket, and exit. Fee sits contemplating for a beat, after which Molly enters from the kitchen. Dinner will be ready in about half an hour. She sees Fee looking upset and sits next to her. You okay, baby? Grandma thinks that thing I saw is a banshee. Fee, I know you're upset about last night, but this isn't the time to start buying into my mother's Irish superstitions. Grandpa is sick, Mom. Haven't you seen it? I'm afraid... I'm afraid he's gonna die, all right? I mean, I know you're mad at him and everything, but don't you still care? Molly takes Fee in her arms. Of course I care, baby. Of course I do. I'm sure Grandpa is going to be fine. Fee buries her face in Molly's shoulder and Molly rocks her. But we can tell from Molly's face that she isn't sure at all. Cut to interior guest bedroom later. Jack is on the laptop trying to email Gabe. Fee comes in and gets her coat and hat. Jack watches her for her beat and then... Where are you going? I'm going to go find out what that thing is that's after Grandpa. Fiona, there's nothing after Grandpa. Jack, if you don't believe me, I'll handle it. Just don't tell Mom where I went. She climbs out the window. Fee! Jack sighs, then grabs his coat and heads after her. Cut to interior, Colin and Kathleen's bedroom later. Colin is laying in bed, reading the Philadelphia Inquirer, not looking well. Molly comes in and stands there. I just... you need anything, Da? No, thank you. I I know we were planning to leave tomorrow, but you and I really haven't had much of a chance to talk. So I was thinking maybe I should cancel some gigs. We could stay a while longer, help take care of things. You mean me? I could take care of myself. I'm not saying you can't. I just don't want to lose another chance for us to to work things out when, well... Things can happen. You've got a few more complaints you want to hear before I die. Is that it? I got a record deal. It's with Garvin Records, my old label, but I'm on my own now. Just Molly Phillips. I've I've dreamed about it for years, and now it's finally happened, and I'm, I'm nervous. Yes. Well, you'll survive. You always do. He lifts his paper to start reading again. That does it for Molly, who walks over to him. You know something, Da? You have never once, never once, told me that you're proud of me. I tell my kids that all the time. I wasn't going to tell you I was going to leave here and not tell you that I got a record deal, but I thought this time you might be different. Why would you suddenly care what I think? You always thought you knew what was best for yourself. You never wanted my advice, nor would have taken it if I'd offered it. I'm not talking about advice. I don't need you to tell me what to do. 
then I guess you can decide for yourself whether to stay or go. The two of them stop, horns locked, a beat. You're right. Goodbye, Da. She exits. Cut two in exterior woods. Fee and Jack make their way down the path with a single flashlight. It's night now, and the woods are spooky. And I do try to give you the benefit of the doubt sometimes, you know. Like, if I come down to breakfast and you say, Jack, Ned's been possessed by the spirit of an enraged sea captain, I think to myself, okay, Fiona's got her unique perspective on people's motivations. Jack, if you think this is nothing, why are you here? Well, after what happened in Tennessee, I am not letting you run around in forests by yourself anymore. And if somebody is trying to hurt Grandpa, I mean like if some psycho neighbor of his is playing tricks on him or something, I want to find out about it. It suddenly turns cold. They pull their jackets closed, and they find themselves by the Karen, at which point they both hear a faint but horrible grating howl, full of the agony of death from the woods nearby. It clearly is enough to raise the hairs on the back of their necks. Stay here by these rocks. I'm going to see what's going on. She walks slowly up the path towards the mound, carrying their only flashlight. Fee watches him for a bit, then gasps as she turns and finds the Banshee two feet away from her, hovering over the Karen. The Banshee speaks slowly in a rasp, like wind whistling through a hole in the wall with a thick Irish accent, and the Banshee seems to know Fee. You are of Montier, O'Shannon. I can smell the O'Shannon blood in your veins. We have met before, Fiona. Fee. Fiona was my great-grandmother. I'm a Phillips. I know who you are. Why do you come here? You... You come to announce people's deaths, right? Well, I... I want you to go away. I want you to leave my grandpa alone. It's too soon. It can't be his time to die yet. That is not for you to say. Yeah. Then, then whose decision is it? Yours? You can't just take him. You've got to let me do something. You've got to give me a chance to, to fight this. You said you knew me. You could smell the O'Shannon blood in me. Then you know who the O'Shannons are. What we are. We're different, aren't we? You have to give me a chance. The Banshee lifts her head and listens to something we can't hear. Then... Very well. She beckons Fee to follow. After a beat, Fee does follow. A moment later, Jack returns, and there is no one by the Karen. Cut to interior Molly's bedroom. Packing, Molly looks up as she hears a very faint, unearthly wail outside. Before she can decide what she heard, Colin appears in the doorway. She glances at him, then goes back to packing. Never were good at sticking around for a fight. You're right, Da. I don't like fighting. That's why I left home as soon as I could. You think I was too hard on you, don't you? Well, you were tough, Molly. You needed me to be tougher, or you would have gotten into more trouble than you did. Maybe you're right. She puts some sheet music in her open guitar case. Colin notices the title handwritten on it, The Rock. What's that? It's nothing. The Rock? You mean Ireland? You got that for me? It's a song I wrote. I wrote for you. It isn't important. You wouldn't like it. I want to hear it. She looks at him for a long moment, then picks up her guitar, sits down and starts to play the rock. There's a low rock wall by the cliffs of Moray. 
runs from down on the ground right up <laughs> we begin to intercut molly singing and colin watching her with jack and fee as noted a blow cut to exterior woods jack searches the woods around the karen intent but not yet desperate jack calls for fee under her as the song kicks into gear we cut to interior hallway under the following lyrics an awestruck fee follows the banshee for two large doors into a long arch ceilinged hallway that appears to be part of some medieval irish mansion along the wall are mounted medieval weapons a suit of armor celtic decorations and some centuries-old painted portraits fee follows the banshee down the hallway which is lit by candles, and we see that one of the portraits is in fact a blow-up the photo of Molly and Rick seen in Kathleen's kitchen. Cut to Molly's bedroom. Colin watches Molly sing, his expression unreadable. Cut to exterior woods. Jack, now more desperate, searching the woods. Cut to interior Molly's bedroom. Molly's playing becomes more intense. Interior hallway. Under the following lyrics, Fee looks up at the blow-up of her mother and father, her face filled with awe and dread. It's clearly becoming colder, and she's shivering now. Then a light starts to shine on the side of her face from the end of the hallway as a small wind starts to blow her hair from the same direction. Fearfully, Fee looks slowly in that direction, and her eyes start to grow wide in horror. Fee begins to be drawn down the hallway. And as we dolly around, we see that the Banshee is floating with her as she approaches the unseen source of light and wind. Cut to interior Molly's bedroom. Molly looks Colin square in the eye as she sings. Cut to exterior woods. Under the instrumental section before the bridge, Jack looks up as if hearing something and draws his coat closed against a sudden chill. Cut to interior hallway. Fee reaches the presence of the unseen wind and light at the end of the hallway. Under the bridge of the song, Fee slowly begins to rise up into the air, lifted slowly like a doll, her back arching as something invisible brings her closer for inspection. We now dip down the song for chorus two in order to make room for dialogue. Note that the Banshee speaks for whatever they're in the presence of. This is what decides whose time it is to die. Despite her agonizing fear, Fee forces herself to speak. I want, please, I want my grandpa to live. The Banshee listens to something unheard, then says, It cannot be changed. There is a balance. Some die, others live. If you have to keep a balance, then take some of my life. The that Banshee is it. taken aback. That would do it, right? Give some of my years to my grandpa? You are young. You don't know what you offer. I already lost my dad. I know what it means to die before your time. But that taught me something. It taught me that none of us know how long we really have. And I'd rather have my grandpa now than some years I might or might not have later. Fee then hangs there, looking defiantly into the face of the unseen death as the final verse of The Rock comes back to. Cut to Molly's bedroom. Molly's expression has softened now. Colin's eyes are riveted to her face, emotion churning inside him. The song is visibly affecting him. Cut to exterior woods. 
Jack races past the Karen, yelling for his sister. Cut to interior hallway. Close up on Fee's face, staring into the light. Cut to interior Molly's bedroom. Molly is totally lost in the song now, eyes closed. We see on Colin's face that his heart is breaking open. Under the singing, we push in on Molly's thumb ring, which shimmers, just like the book cover in Strangeling. Cut to interior hallway. Close up on Fee's thumb ring, also shimmering. We pull back and see Fee being slowly lowered to the floor of the hallway. When Fee touches down, we dip down to the ending of the song. Fee turns to the banshee. Your grandfather will not die. For now. The banshee turns to leave. Was it a trade? You take the years from me? The banshee turns and looks at her. It is not for me to decide. The ending vamp of the song comes back up as Fee watches the banshee float away, and we cut to exterior woods, same time. Jack returns to the Karen and finds Fee laying on the path, nearly frozen, lips blue, frost on her hair and face. But she opens her eyes. She's okay. Jack picks her up and runs back down the path with her. Hang on, sis. Hang on. Cut to interior, Molly's bedroom. Molly's eyes, still closed, gets to the end of the vamp and stops playing. A beat. Then she looks, looks up in surprise to see that tears are running down Colin's cheeks. It's funny that you could capture what's in my heart when I've so rarely shown it to you. I'm very proud of you, Molly. And she cries too as he takes her hand. A beat of this, then they hear Jack downstairs. Mom! Cut to interior living room. Jack lays Fee gently on the couch as Kathleen wraps a blanket around her. Molly and Colin come in, and Molly kneels down and feels Fee's face. She's so cold. Mom? Grandpa. She reaches up to him. Colin kneels by her, and she hugs him. It's going to be okay, Grandpa. It's going to be okay. Molly looks at Kathleen, who's looking down at Fee with tears in her eyes. Molly puts her arm around Jack, and we dissolve too. Interior, McQuinn foyer, day. Molly, Jack, and Fee are moving toward the front door with their bags, Kathleen following. Now you two mind your mother and call us soon. Not more about that book of yours. Thank you. Fee smiles and Kathleen turns to hug Jack. And as for I hear you, you'll be that girl of yours soon. Gabe, she and her dad invited me. Kathleen continues to talk to Jack about Gabe under the following... Fee kneels next to Molly, who's adjusting some straps on their luggage. Mom? Yes, baby. How do you think great-grandma Fiona knew about you and dad? Molly stops what she's doing and glances at Kathleen with a small smile. I don't know. She was a remarkable woman. You know, neither one of us said so at the time, but from the moment Fiona gave us these rings, your dad and I both knew we'd get married. I always had a feeling it would be good luck for you to have it. Fee smiles as Molly stands and opens the door, revealing, cut to, exterior, McQuinn house. Colin is outside, hanging up the Fialti sign. He looks much healthier and friendlier as well. Oh, what do you think? I think it's cool. Could be a little straighter. He faints at Fee, who dodges, smiling. Colin turns to Molly. Thank you for my gifts. You're always welcome here, baby. He hugs Molly. I love you, Dad. And as the fan says their goodbyes, we fade out.
Very nice. Do it again. Do it again. Let's roulette the rolls. Let's do it again. That was awesome. That was so fun. We need to get a hold of the boo script so we can do a reading of that at Halloween. Yeah. That would be so fun. Oh my goodness. That's a funny one. One of you has the fountain script, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to post that online. I haven't yeah. done it yet, but I'm going to take some pictures and post that for sure. And, you know, we had the original script for Twin, the original ending. So we will definitely be doing that. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited now about this. This yeah. is awesome. Twin yeah. is filled so with, like, you know, so much emotion. So I'm excited for that one. We have second generation. Oh, mm. oh I love that one. And yeah. uh, Nightmare. Ooh. Oh, and we have a, yes. a script for family reunion, too. It, the show is called Too Weird. So, that yeah, the fun. first episode. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, what we're saying we'll... is we could definitely do more of these. Ooh. Yeah. 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 You, oh, you all were great. Whoever's idea this was, like, thank you for. Yeah, yes. Everybody thank you was. so much. I don't know whose idea You're talking about, oh. <laughs> We're not actors. We can't act. Y'all were great. Stop. Get out of here with that. Get out of here. No, you two really blew it out right. of the water. Yes. Amazing. Well, I'm so glad you all were on. So Yeah. And Zach, Thank thanks. Thanks for doing a great job at narrating. I don't think I could have done that well. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, as we were getting to the musical montage, I realized just how much there was to read here. Um, but it's okay. We got through it. Also, I love your nasal. You Jack. did really well. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, 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 I was reading the script and I realized, you know, I should do something to make Jack's voice distinct from the narrator, and that was the first thing I could think perfect. of was just to make him nasally. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. yeah. Thanks again. Amazing. We are getting a few comments here, like Dustin is saying, "One a week, one a week." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah. I was reading a comments as we went, a lot of people commenting on the changes. It sounds like some people actually may prefer the episode that aired, um, the decision to have Mars, uh death as leverage. Um, I don't know. I would have liked the original ending, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's it. I, I, I like both of them. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. ended up fleshing out Molly and, and, uh, and, uh, Collins argument a little bit more later because there's some stuff missing. I went back and watched it right before this just to compare and I, of course, of course. And um and so they they definitely added a little bit more, which I think uh, made their conflict better. I just love y'all, I love this show. It's so good. You know and what my dream right is? Place. My dream mm -hmm. is to if I ever make it big, like big enough in New York that I can just like put on a concert and anyone will come. I'm just going to do a concert of songs from this show. And like yes. people will be like, what, what is this? And I'll be like, no, no. and there will be like matter, people in the audience being like, what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it'll be us. They'll we'll be there. Yeah, yes. Patrick, if you yes. ever do that, you better let us know. I will fly up there like oh. last minute flight. For sure. Oh my God, of course. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, oh, I wanted to say, so we are planning to do more 
script readings because we have quite a few and if any people watching us you guys have scripts too <laughs> let us know so we could all collaborate and you know we definitely want to include fans in the script reading i think it brings like a whole other like feel vibe to this and it's it's oh, great yeah. so There's a keep a look out for that yeah um i post a lot on twitter and the instagram of so weird and the you know the handle is so weird on disney so just you know follow our socials and see what's up i always plan and see like do you guys want to join in or do you want to plan it for next time you know just keep us posted i'll keep you guys posted I think the next thing we're going to do uh, probably next week is a review of Secrets of Sulphur Springs and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, the new Are You of Miniseries finale is on Friday. And I think Nickelodeon may be doing a marathon. I'm not totally sure about that. Do you know, Kat? I do not know. But I know they always re-air the last episode before the new one. Okay. Well, if if they are doing a marathon, I'd definitely check it out. I think it's... It, so I'm excited to review those and hopefully we'll record next week our plan for that one. I am seeing in the comments, people are asking me to sing. And I already <laughs> told everybody, I was like, I'm going to chicken out. And I did. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe if y'all get like a Patreon going, like uh. we'll do a Patreon exclusive where I can offend the ears of everybody by my caterwauling. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, we do have a Patreon and that's only as a way of like, does anyone want to donate us? So I, we could keep these episodes on our podcast website because it costs money to do that. Right. And, you know, we have fans. So, yeah, that's something kind of interesting, you know, to think of and plan for. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Okay. Real quick. We'll do, I can do like the first verse if you guys want. Yes. You want me to do the yeah. first verse? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop before the chorus because I wasn't that good at it. Like that because like her register is pretty good like it's nice and i'm i'm in there so <laughs> all right y'all ready for this <laughs> there's a low rock wall by the cliffs of moir runs from down on the ground right through up through the sea air as a child i would climb to the top of those stairs and wish on the fog i was anywhere else the farms and the valleys are ringed with the stones of the men who built walls so as to be more alone all that's left of them now are their fears and their bones but the rocks they pulled up were all i've ever known that's all you get that's Woo! so good <laughs> that was lovely that was beautiful so i apologize to anybody that's live commenting at this moment but <laughs> no thank you for that your was beautiful and thank you for the opportunity i will see myself out <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was, that was so you know they beautiful. always say 
they always say you want to do something every day that scares you. And I don't have a lot of stage fright, but I was like, ooh, singing on a live stream, y'all. I don't know if I come down. And you're welcome for, for ABBA for life. You are so welcome because you encouraged me to do it. You made me feel brave. So thank you, my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, thanks everyone who's, who's yeah. listening and commenting too. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah thank well, thank you, you all. all so much. Again, this was so much fun. Um, just a little shameless plug. If you haven't watched my So Weird video on my YouTube channel, Behind the Magic, if anyone out there is watching, which I'm guessing if you if you're watching this, you might have stumbled upon it. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, um, I'm gonna do it check, though. Give it a little look. No, I was just gonna say I was so nervous making it because I was like, oh, if I get anything wrong, the fans are gonna come after me. <laughs> I was just very, very nervous to make that one, but um, I'm yes. so happy that you all uh, enjoyed it. So weird oh. fans are uniquely passionate. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, Pat, I feel like whenever I see someone who doesn't know their stuff about the show, I'm just going to be like, watch this video, please. It'll tell you yeah. everything yeah. you need to know. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really great. Oh, well, I hope I, I turned some people into, into weirdos. Yeah. yeah, that was just my shameless plug. Sorry. All I, I did. videos are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you guys have anything else to plug like go ahead um if jackie you're doing anything like you know go ahead and share if you want to not presently i am i'm local in my community for performance and i am also an aspiring author i am actually writing a historical fiction novel about ireland so very appropriate that we do this today i will be sure to send you guys anything once once it will get published and it will yeah. That's the attitude. You That's just awesome. gotta fake it till you make it. And here I am faking it. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we doing plugs? Because uh, I'm getting ready to, uh, on my blog, I'm getting ready to ramp up my um, 25 days of Oscar reviews. I'm going to try and watch and review all the nominated films this year. I'm a big uh, awards buff, awards show buff. So yeah, that's a, uh, if anybody's interested in that, you know, head over to uh, zacksfilmpods.blogspot.com. So that's the thing I'll be doing soon. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, tonight. Thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. I, I think we'll definitely be doing more of these eventually. Mm-hmm, for sure. Thank you, guys. Yay. Happy St. Patrick's for having Day, me. everyone. Yes, happy St. Patrick's Day. Day. <laughs> May the so, road rise up to meet you. Bye, right. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Bye. <laughs>